Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we're doing a Christmas special. We're recording this episode on Christmas Day. It's really exciting. We're talking about 2015's Tremors 5 Bloodlines. Why is it the critical need-to-know information never gets to Bert Gummer? I'm joined by our Tremors correspondent, my dad, Todd Stacy. Dad, how you doing? Great. Speaking of bloodlines, father and son here. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's the you know themes of the movie. So we watched Tremors Five. First time you'd ever seen it, correct? Correct. Very first time. I think it's the third time I've seen it. What did you think of Tremors Five? You know, I really liked it, and, and we've talked about it a little bit here already. But it was just well photographed, well produced. I guess maybe that's the phrase. Just put together very well. So it's like a very polished speaker, giving a kind of um, mediocre story. Uh, and, and I think you pointed out it didn't have the same heart, maybe the same soul as the others. Yeah. But uh, it was very pleasing to watch, very pleasing to experience. It's a good-looking movie. Good-looking movie. I think the acting was good. I think uh, I think they spent a little more money on the actors, a little more money on the production. Yeah, everybody... Uh, so definitely a step up. Everybody except the, the two leads, who we'll talk about in a second... Uh, they're all South African actors. Okay. So the whole thing, South African core uh, uh, production, they filmed it there on location. I think a lot of the crew, South African. So it's cool to be on location for sure because uh, I don't know if they went to Mexico in Tremors 2. I think that was California. <laughs> I think they've done all of this in California until now. And this one and, and the next one, they're in South Africa, even though Tremors 6 is supposed to take place in the Arctic. They filmed it in South Africa. Oh, interesting. That's a whole other story. That's a funny story. But yes, Tremors 5 for me is okay. I liked it a lot the first time I saw it. I've liked it a little bit less uh, on each rewatch. It looks great. It's a good-looking movie. The CGI monsters. Yep. Um, compare them to Tremors 3. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Apples and oranges. I just don't think it's as clever as the first four. There's no real real clever plans. There's like one. But this is not made by Stampede Entertainment who made the first four. They were kind of booted from it. Oh, okay. They weren't going to get any creative control over it if they wanted to work on it. It was Universal was going to control everything. So they're like, you know what? We're good. So they left the production. So that's a bummer for me. I don't love that. But it's an okay movie. I like it. It's entertaining enough. And the most important thing is we have Michael Gross back as Burt Gummer, who's just the man. I think think this one could have been released to the theater. It had the quality that you would want, at least in the theater. And I've certainly seen much worse (laughs) movies at the theater paying full price. So the direct-to-DVD, boy, it's pretty good quality for going direct-to-DVD. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it is a very good looking movie. There's a lot of sizzle here. Yep. The steak was fine. <laughs> a lot of sizzle. That's but perfect. like we saw them cooking it on the grill. And, you know, it's like going to one of those hibachi places where they put on a show for you. Yep. Show was great. Food was fine. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you take me back through two, three, and four? So two was in Mexico. Yep. With uh, Bert, or, uh, Bert Earl and Grady. Now, that's the one where they did really good special effects with, like, the pulling that truck backwards yep. through the ground. Yep. Okay, so three was what? Tremors 3, Back to Perfection. They go back. They bring back a bunch of characters. That's when uh, we get the ass blasters for the first time. That's right. CGI is terrible. Yep. But I think it's fun. And then Tremors 4 was the old Western cowboy one. Yep. Pretty cool. So and, where and would you rank? That, that was Hiram Gummer. Yes. Where would you rank this one? Number two. Number two, really. Definitely number two. My, It's my number five. Wow. Yeah. I love those first four, man. Those first four are just awesome. 
Oh. And this one just doesn't have that for yeah, me. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It, it, it is missing the heart, um, but it's, as, it, as I said, it's it was told very well, displayed very well. Yeah. Uh, I wish they'd put this quality in the others. That would have really helped me. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but it's Tremors. We got Bird Gummer. I don't know what else I need. There is, you know, that that wins me over. That's enough. He he didn't have the he didn't have the one liners, the zingers like he's had before. Yep. I think uh, I, we talked about it. That I think he may not have been able to edit the script as much as he did in the other movies. That you like said. I think who had control then? Uh, this is all Universal. So Universal said, "No, we're uh, we're going with this script, and you're not going to be able to edit." Now I want to say I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but I believe the same guy who wrote three wrote this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same writer. The point of this podcast is we're trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies. You can check out our current list of rules on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. There's 61 rules on there. We're going to see if we get to number 62 today, get a special Christmas rule. This is not a Christmas movie, but I'm home for Christmas. So we thought we'd do Tremors. <laughs> all right. Uh, Dad, anything else before we jump into this? No, let's roll. All right. Let's get into the plot of Tremors 5, Bloodlines. All right. So the movie begins, and this is really cool. I love the opening of this movie. Since Tremors 3, which is the last time we saw him, Burt has become kind of a web series star. He's got his own web show, The Survivalist with Burt Gummer or something like that. And he is a, it's a survivalist web series. You know, it's, it's partially about like graboids and how to like counter graboids and triggers and ass blasters, but it's also just a survivalism show. Yeah. And so we get like the big reality TV intro of Burt being epic. How, and to, how to bake a snake. How to bake a snake. And it's a really, I, I like the first act of this movie a lot. It's a great setup. And we just get to see Burt hamming it up for the camera. And it's pretty fun. I don't know. I can't really picture 1990 Tremors Burt doing this, but if he needs money, I kind of get it. Yeah, I think he kind of got on board with like, all right, I got to survive. I got to yeah. be a survivalist in this world. With, and I think I he money. does like the idea of teaching other people how to survive. Sure. I can see that appealing to Bert a lot. So I, I love this opening with Bert. So he's working out in the desert with a cameraman filming his show. That's where we start off with Bert. Then we cut to South Africa. We're out in the bush of South Africa. We have two guys, and I'm going to butcher some of these names because, um, you know, like I said, all these, pretty much all these characters are South African. I love their accent. I cannot pronounce the names. Yeah, it was really difficult to follow. So we have two guys, uh, Johan and Basson, and it turns out the big twist, you know, again, spoiler alert for this movie. Uh, if you've not seen Tremors 5, um, it's fine. If you like the first four, check it out. You might like it. You know, critics in general didn't really like this movie, but fans of the franchise did. But these two are poachers. They are they. We don't know that until way later in the movie. But they get they are looking for like a was it cheetah cub or a lion cub or something like that. And they're trying to find a cub to sell in the black market. Wow, I didn't pick up on that. Horrible. But someone's gonna die here real quick. But Johan, dude, this guy sucks. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> he's a jerk. Yeah, this guy's the just kind of the nasty guy you want to see die. But they're out in the wild, and we don't really know what they're doing yet. But they're just out in the wilderness. This summer, a movie came out with Idris Elba. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that one. A horror movie called Beast. The whole thing just is about a killer lion who's seeking revenge on people. It's a lot of fun. It takes place in the bush of Africa. Yeah, there's dangerous creatures in the bush of Africa. Uh, hippopotamus, most notably. If you were in the wilderness of Africa uh, or anywhere with notably dangerous creatures, you could be in a horror movie. Maybe it's just a survivalist creature feature film, but that is basically a horror film. The only difference is tone. Story's the same. So, if you were in the bush of Africa with lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, or, you know, or hippos or whatever, you're in a horror movie. Act accordingly. <laughs> it could start at any time. <laughs> so, this guy, Basson, he's going to accidentally fall down into a cave. 
uh, roll two constant vigilance. Well, it looked like he already had some sort of handicap already. Yeah, so he was like, had like a cane or something. All right. So do you think, what's the other guy's name? Johan. Johan. Uh, so do you think Bassan? Yeah, Bassan and Johan. Bassan hired Johan to take him out and to poach? Uh, it's it's a little unclear what uh, Bassan's role in all this is. We know their boss will meet later on a guy named Eric. So I don't know what the uh, chain of command is here. Gotcha. But either way, he falls into a cave. Johan's going to get a rope to get him out. No big deal. Except there is something in the cave. Rule number one, you're in a horror movie. And it could it, this could have just been a lion. A killer lion. Yeah. Bat. It could have been bats. I, I don't know if this was ended up being an ass blaster or a graboid that gets him. But as Johan is pulling Bassan to safety, he's like, oh, man, you need to lose some weight. And then all of a sudden, all the weight is lost yep. because Bassan is pulled off and eaten. Yep. It's gone. Just constant vigilance from Hassan. Don't fall in the cave. You're probably not dead. But also, no, no, to go along with that, rule number four is don't be a menace. If you're not out poaching, you're not going to get killed. <laughs> yeah. A lot less chance if you're at home. Yeah. So that, that's if Hassan, uh, Johan is going to survive this. Though. We're going to go back to Nevada and we're going to meet our new, our, our, our Val character, the, the young entrepreneurial guy, various levels of, of annoying. Each movie's had their own one. This time it's a guy named Travis B. Welker, who is played by Jamie Kennedy, Randy Meeks himself. <laughs> we have my two favorite horror movie character actors as the lead to this movie, Michael Gross and Jamie Kennedy. So why is it this your favorite movie of all time then? Because unfortunately, Travis B. Walker is very annoying. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy is very rarely good in movies. I, I don't like almost anything he's in except Scream. I think that is the exception. I, I don't think I've liked him in anything else I've ever seen him in. Wow. Uh, he Randy Meeks is awesome. I love Randy Meeks. We named the Randy Meeks merit badge after him. The other consideration was something with Bert. These, those were the two. And to have, you know, I was so excited to hear Jimmy Kennedy was going to be in this movie. It's a little disappointing. Aww. He's got a few moments where he's fun, but most of the time he's, he, he reminds me a lot of, uh, you remember how you felt about Grady in Tremors 2? Yep. I, that's how I feel about Travis. Yep. Can't stand this guy. He's kind of the worst. Yep. <laughs> I think probably up to this point, he's probably my least fair character in the Tremors series. Oh, wow. That's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. I really don't like Travis. Like He's got a few moments where he's okay, but most of the time he drives me nuts. Travis is a daredevil BMX biker, but as a profession, he is a professional cameraman, former war videographer. He, he was out in the, the like Syria and places like that. And he has gotten a new gig working as Bert's cameraman. He's replacing the old guy, so he's going to work for Bert. And Bert is already like, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, should we spoil it up, up front? Yeah. Well, here's the big twist. The reason why Travis wanted this job is because he's Bert's son. Tremor's bloodlines. Yeah, he, he figured out how to get to Bert. He, Bert had him at a one-night stand at a, after a Grateful Dead concert in Florida. Had no idea he existed. And years later, here comes Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> so apparently that Bert uh, was at a gun show yep. and then somehow met a flower child. He was out burning hippie, her bra in the parking lot. And a hippie. And somehow they connected. Uh, I, I did like this. Was, uh, uh, Jamie puts, or uh, Travis puts it, far left meets far right. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty good line. Yeah, that was pretty good. And uh, now we got Travis. Um, and we don't find this out till like the third act. Right. Um, but there's like hints at it the whole way through. Yeah, he kept calling them pops. Yep. So, yep, we're going to, we have a father and son duo, and that's going to be in Tremor 6. It's the two of them again. Oh. They're back for that one, and, you know, the whole time they're working together. So, you know, different spin on it slightly, I guess. But that's what we got. Travis wants to help Bert build his brand, uh, get on, like, social media and stuff like that, which cracks me up. But then uh, another guy shows up, a guy named Eric. 
Could you imagine how many Twitter followers Burt Gummer would really have? It would be huge. I'd follow Burt Gummer. Oh, yeah. Eric Van Levick shows up. I'm just going to call him Eric because I don't think I can keep doing that. I'm going to screw it up. This guy named Eric, he, he claims to be part of the South African Wildlife Ministry. Yep. He's a poacher. He's the head poacher. But he claims to be part of the Wildlife Ministry. And this is literally just the plot of Tremors 2. Hey, there's graboids in another country. Come help hunt them. But really, he wants to capture them. Yeah, he wants to capture one alive so he can sell it on the black market. But it's set up to be just like, oh, we're going to do a retread of Tremors 2, except it's in South Africa. This time it's in Mexico. Bert says yes. Travis is like, hey, how about this? I'll give you this super nice gun. You let me go with you and negotiate the deal. And he manages to get Eric to say, hey, like, yeah, I'll, I'll fund your TV show for three years. It's the John Hammond approach. Is this true at all? Because he's a poacher. But he gets them there. It works. He gets them there. And that's what he's trying to do. He wants Bert to capture one of these things alive. So they're going to go to South Africa. Yeah. Get paid really well and get just a ton of equipment. Just like we talked about in Tremors 2. Just get all the, you know, he got that big truckload of junk to hunt these things with. Do that. But we're going to get to Africa. Uh, we first meet a guy named Den. Den is a helicopter pilot. And he is like basically Bert. He's just like Bert. South, these, South African Bert. These two become like best friends instantly. And I like Den. Den's my favorite new character, I think, at this point. He's great. Uh, but they're flying into South Africa. Rule one, you're on a horror movie. Yep. You're going into this zone. You're on a horror movie. You're in the bush. Here's the problem. Eric reveals that South Africa's laws, if you bring in weapons into the country, there's a three-day quarantine period where you can't get your guns. So none of Bert's awesome guns and weapons to hunt graboids and ass blasters and stuff made it through customs. Okay. It's going to take three days. How about you wait? How about you just don't go out in the bush for three days? Exactly. Why? Why put yourself at risk? If I'm Bert, I'm like, nope, not doing this. We're going. We're going to wait. Or you could be like, hey, you're with the government. There's an emergency situation. Calls bluff. Get them out here now. But no, this guy's a poacher, so he can't do that. Yep. No power. Yeah. This this is bad. You can't properly follow rule five, lock and load. So I I wouldn't have gone out in the bush if I would. I'd be like, I'm going back and getting. I'm waiting for I get the guns. That's the right move. Yep. Not. They're not properly supplied. But we're going to get out there. They're going to meet up with Johan and another guy. So so what's going on out here is they're going to be using a, an animal refuge as headquarters. One of the employees guy is a guy named Thaba. We don't really learn anything about him. He just seems like a nice guy. But we meet Thaba. So they're going to go to the HQ and we're going to meet a couple more of the employees there. The, the woman who runs this place is Nandi. She's a doctor. She runs the animal refuge. She's here with her daughter, Amala, who's just a little kid. And then there's one more guy, Rudy. And Rudy's got a crush on Nandi. We don't get a ton of any of these guys. They're not much to their characters, but they're important to the plot, I guess. Yeah, this is kind of a missed opportunity. You know, the the love story in Tremors 1 was an important piece of the story, and they could have built it here, but it was kind of confusing because they felt like Travis wanted to develop a relationship with Nandi, mm-hmm. and the other guy definitely wanted to, and they never really developed either. Nope. It kind of just went nowhere and kind of sputtered in both directions. They each had like one scene where they talk about like flirting with her, yeah. and then that's it. Yep, they definitely could have taken that opportunity to build the story there. Yep, they didn't do anything with it. But they get some guns, and they're just pathetic. Bert's like, this will not help at all. <laughs> and they don't even know that these things are, you know, supercharged. Yeah, they haven't discovered the other twist of this movie yet, which we'll get to. But yeah, all of these things are, are slightly different. They're not the ones we know and love from Nevada. But one thing that is introduced here is Amalia, she is using, like, a car battery and, like, putting an electrical charge into the ground to drive worms, like little earthworms, to the surface. She's going to use them as bait. And that's going to be how they end up killing the final graboid is putting electricity charge into the ground. So it's all set up right here. I don't know if that's how it works. I have no idea. 
I no idea that. Yeah, it's the back to the future effect. We know this lightning strike is going to happen at this exact time and we're going to use it to our advantage. And that's yep. kind of the, the plot here. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if that ha- electricity has any effect on driving earthworms to the surface. I have no idea. Never heard that before. Nope, neither have I. But hey, it's fine set up. Cool. Whatever. We'll go with it. So meanwhile, we cut over to a um, paleontologist. There is a, a dig. They're digging up a, a site. We have two paleontologists working on this dig. And they have dug up a graboid skeleton. But it looks a little different. It's a little bigger. A lot bigger. Yeah. But they are going to, they're going to go take a shower after the dig. And they are immediately going to get attacked and killed by something. I don't really have anything for them. Yeah. Uh, they had no chance. And we don't even know exactly what got them. Yeah. We, we're not sure. Um, could have been a graboid. Uh, they say it wasn't an ass blaster. It could have been the crawlers, which is the other new thing we're going to get in this movie. Yeah, this is definitely stylistically a big change for them. Yeah. At this point, how they, they didn't show the kill. They nope. showed some spl- uh, blood splattering on the curtain or on the, on the shade. And it was definitely stylistically a big departure. And I don't love it. I'd rather see the person get eaten. Show yeah. me the guts. Yeah, and they were probably trying to hide what it was what it was from sure. us. But um, That's fair. Yeah, big a big style change at that moment. It's also established that every day around this time of year, there is a thunderstorm at the same time every day, a sun shower. So you could set your watch by, it's how they say it, like 3 o'clock every day. So that's set up for later. I don't know if that's a thing either, but fine. Let me ask you, is Back to the Future and Die Hard, are those universal films? I think know? Back to the Future is. I know it was filmed on the Universal lot. Die Hard is Fox. Oh, interesting. They definitely ripped off those three movies. Oh, yeah. Jurassic Park, Die Hard, and Back to the Future, but only two of them are Universal. Yeah. Okay. Jurassic Park's the biggest fan. They do a lot of Jurassic Park stuff here. <laughs> so word comes in that there was an attack at the dig, and basically all of their characters decided to go out and check it out. Even Nandi goes, she leaves her daughter behind and goes to check this out. Why do you all need to go out here? You're going out to an attack site. Just don't, you don't need to go. It's true. But... Hey, if it's in the script, you got to do it, right? <laughs> Change the script. You don't just walk into an attack zone. That's that's stupid. Um, There's a rule about that. Rule 52 is don't go in the water. If there's a place where graboids have attacked, don't go there. Right. It's that simple. They're going to be fine here for now. But the Bert, for the first time, sees the skeleton. He's like, this is something new. We're up, we're up against something different. So that night, Burundi and Taba, they're working on a car in the garage and a ass blaster shows up. And we see it for, like, the first time we get a good look at a monster. And this thing looks great. They, yep. they changed the design because, I guess, the the person at Universal hated the original design of these things. So they changed it. But the thought process is, in the script, is since these are in Africa, which the continents divided, you know, forever ago, uh, they evolved differently, which is 100% a thing. So that's why the graboids and, and stuff and this, this in Africa are different, which is cool. I like that twist a lot. Yep. You know, you can do a few new things with it. You can change the designs. You can update stuff. And I still have it make sense. That's how evolution works. If they're in different places, they're going to evolve differently. That's correct. This thing looks just awesome. It attacks Taba, who charges it with a machete. machete. Damn, I wish this guy had lived. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. And he slices it, too. He gets a good hit on it. Yeah, it worked pretty well for a moment. You know, honestly, yeah, but, you know, it wouldn't really work well on Graboids. But if you took on a Shrieker with a machete, I think you could do some damage. Yep. Bert's going to arrive and shoot it injure it but taba is going to get grabbed by the blaster it's going to take off with taba yep it's not great bert and johan are going to go after it they track it to a bridge Taba's still alive on the bridge being used as bait by the blaster but one thing bert does and this is bert he's got a, he's brought some clothing that um masks his body heat yep it, it turns the heat inward yep 
So the blasters can't see them. They, they hunt uh, by heat. And these ones in particular are nocturnal. They only hunt at night, so it's easier for them to see hot things. Mm-hmm. So they can't see Bert. Does see Johan, who's in the car. Yep. <laughs> it attacks Johan after killing Tabo. For Tabo, I don't really have any serious rule violations. But yeah, the only thing I got for him was maybe don't be here. You know, everyone here could have left. He didn't have to be here. Rule 11 is get out. Get out! Oh, okay. So I guess he could have just, like, not been here. He didn't need to be part of this. But Bert is going to chuck this machete straight at the blaster and get it to go away. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So they go back to base, and Bert's like, all right, they, they're coming toward, the, they keep coming toward HQ, evacuate. And we're going to get all the background extras who work at this uh, refuge out of the movie. Early front runners for uh, Randy Meek's Mayor Badge, I got to say. Yeah, it wasn't their choice, though. Hey, you know, they, they could have chosen to stay behind because uh, the same thing with Baruti. He could have left. He was one of the people they wanted to evacuate, and he refused to leave along with Nandi. But all these background actors like, you know what? Okay, cool. Bye. So we love to see that. That's exactly what we did for Tremors 4. Yep. So uh, early front runner, I got to say. Okay. Uh, so they get back to base. Nandi's going to give Bert a more powerful gun, so he's got something he can use. <laughs> we have a cat down here who's meowing into the microphone. Pepper wants to be on the podcast. Uh, but like I said, they, they evacuate everyone except Nandi, Baruti, and Amale, which is so stupid. Yeah. Nandi's got her daughter here. Get the kid out of there. This isn't safe. She's like, I got so much work to do. It's like, I think the animals might be okay. Yeah. And you can't help any animals if you're dead. <laughs> exactly. So rule number three is do your damn job, but don't die in the process. All right. You need to go. If you're not here to hunt these things, get out. Or at least get your kid out. Yeah, for real. It, it's a lot worse for Nandi. That's... That's irresponsible. Yep. That's that's child endangerment. That is. <laughs> Pepper agrees. So Bert, Johan, and Eric, they head out, and they have this truck built with a big like, lion cage on the back, I'm guessing for the poaching. But they are going to hunt down for this blaster. And they get to the area where Basan was killed, and they end up finding one of these blasters. And they have Eric and Johan, they hide behind Bert to mask their, their body heat, which is great. Johan's going to try tranking this blaster and it doesn't work at all so he's gonna take off running he's gonna panic roll 10 don't panic and try and just get out of here uh because his trank didn't work so the blaster takes off to hunt him and it attacks him and it like it slams his hand in the car door ouch but what's gonna happen is bert is going to shoot this thing out of the air and its flaming corpse is gonna fall and land on johan and kill him Rule two, constant vigilance. And watch out for falling corpses. Yep. But also don't be a menace. He's a poacher. Correct. And it's funny. It doesn't bother Bert at all. Yeah. Which is a little, feels a little out of character. Yep. He should be like, ah, dang it. Yep. But they're going to find an egg. And as soon as they find this graboid egg, Eric is going to pull a gun on Bert. And he reveals he's a poacher. And he's going to take the egg, sell it on the black market. And he locks Bert in the tiger cage and leaves him out in the, the bush to die. Probably the best scene of the whole movie. This is insanity. Yeah. Because Bert's going to suffer from heat stroke yeah. while he's in this cage. Because it's daytime in the desert. And I love that they filmed this at an actual like lion preserve because the lion's going to show up. And they just had Michael Gross out there in a cage with meat and like trying to lure the lion over so they could film stuff. This was legit? That, that, wasn't, that uh, wasn't a Hollywood lion? That was a real lion. I saw some of the behind the scenes footage and it was a real lion. Holy cow. They had Michael Gross out in a cage with just meat. <laughs> just trying to lure it over to them so they could film. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, crazy, huh? Yeah, I think the Screen Actor Guild might have something to say to this production company. Michael Gross looked like he was having a blast. Oh, my gosh. He looked like he was having so much fun. He loves making these movies, so he loves Bert. So, yeah, Bert's locked in this cage, suffering from the heat stroke. It's it's insane. 
he's peeing in a cup and then pouring the pee over pee yep. over his body to stay cool. Which is like, that's a legitimate way to stay cool. He tries to cut the wires of the cage. Can't do it. He drinks his own pee. Yeah. Uh, just bear grill style. It's an acquired taste, according to him. He tries to blow the lock on the cage with gunpowder. So, he, you know, Rule 17 never give up. The next thing you try might work. He's trying everything. Yeah. Uh, that's great. A lion shows up and it pees all over him because he marking the territory. He's like, yeah. oh, there's a someone here. I got to make sure he knows this is my territory. So poor bird. <laughs> poor birds. Eventually, Travis is going to come find him because Travis, he's got a bunch of cameras. So he put a camera in the cage. So he's able to track Bert down. He doesn't open the cage right away. And later on, he, he has a crowbar. He can easily open this cage. He just attaches a chain and a, a, and a truck to it and just drags it behind him until they accidentally crash and almost kills Bert with this. And but he just opened it right away. Exactly. That was very bizarre. And this isn't Bert's fault. But uh, Travis, uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, rule 32. You, you could have just opened the cage. It, I feel like this scene was a missed opportunity to have like a graboid chasing. With Bert in the cage. There you go. Uh, like a graboid. Because they, they talked about maybe a graboid was coming, but they didn't really show it. Exactly. They could have done it like like you just said, that they needed to get out of there fast. Yep. What was the fastest way to get out of there? Hook up a chain and go. Yep. Rather than crack open the cage. And that would have been, you know, it would remind me of Tremors 2 where the truck is getting dragged behind. Yep. Now it's Bert getting dragged behind right. uh, Travis's truck with a graboid after. That would have been great. Missed yep. opportunity. Yep. I agree. But that, that was a pretty fun sequence. Travis ends up also getting damaging the fuel line of the truck, so they're out of gas. They can't drive the truck anymore. Meanwhile, over at the refuge, a blaster ends up attacking. Uh, so Nandi, she gets herself a bone arrow, lock and load. Broody, he's going to get a gun, start shooting at the blaster, trying to protect the kid. They're going to end up in the kitchen, and we are going to get a ripoff of the kitchen scene from Jurassic Park with Lex and Tim being chased by Velociraptors. Yep. Literally, they do the foot shot underneath the, tap, the kitchen stuff. Kind of the toe tapping. It's still a fun sequence, but it's just a ripoff. What ends up happening is they tip over a table and hide behind it so they can mask their heat signatures. Blaster ends up finding him anyway and, like, charges at him and shoves the table up against the wall. But luckily, the legs of the table prevent them from getting squashed. And uh, Rudy's just shooting through the table trying to get this thing. Yeah. It's pretty fun. It's shocking how well the arrows do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Nandi's going to end up firing two arrows, which go through the blaster, through the table, and almost hit Rudy. Yeah. But these are some serious arrows. Yeah. So, uh, good job on Nandi. Yep. But seriously, they shouldn't be here. Nope. Should have left. Bert and Travis are going to find Eric's truck damaged in the bush. And they're eventually going to find him. He's got like a, a cooler with him with the, the egg inside. He's just running around the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> Things have not gone well for him. I know. He's pretty bloody. His arms tore up. We're going to get up on some rocks to get to high ground. Uh, Eric's going to do the same thing. And then we get a big reveal. And we're right by the uh, nest, uh, the cave systems where the the blasters live. And out of the cave comes a familiar sight. It's the tentacle tongues of the the graboids. We've seen them uh, a bunch. But they're not attached to anything. They're independently mobile. Nice twist. Yeah, I think they call them crawlers or grabbers or something like that. I don't know what they call But the tentacles, they're they're just swimming around like snakes. So we get a new evolution here. Yeah. Very good twist. Bert shoots them all. And during this action sequence, Eric accidentally falls off a rock. And that gives the Graboid an opportunity. And this Graboid is pretty awesome because it does something different. They, they're they corkscrew shaped, so it makes it easier for them to, like, to drill through the ground. But they like to jump out of the ground and come back down diving, almost like a, a, a whale would jump out like of the water. Like a blue whale. And like swallow them from above. So it's a little reversal of what we normally seen in Tremors. Yeah. And Eric gets swallowed. Yeah. So we lose the big bad of the movie. 
right about halfway through. For Eric, don't be a menace. <laughs> yeah, he could have easily gotten out of there. He could have just prevented the whole thing. Yeah, he didn't need to be there if he wasn't a poacher. Like, yeah. he started all of this. Right. Or if you're going to be the boss, be the boss and just, you know, sign people up and then leave. Just like the oil company executive tremors too. Yeah, exactly. You know, bring it to me. Bring me the egg. I'll be in the city. Yep. Track me down. You know, I'll be in a high, a high rise. Come and bring it to me there. Exactly. So Burr realizes in the cave is the eggs because the, the the cooler with the, the egg in it, the, the grabbers take, bring it back into the cave. Right. Okay. Eggs are in there. Nest is in there. They are protecting the bloodlines because they are, that is the number one priority. These things are smart. Yep. This is also a rip off Jurassic Park 3. This is the plot of Jurassic Park 3. Yep. They are trying to protect the eggs and then they're trying to eat. That's secondary. So they got to destroy the eggs and the bloodline. They said the title of the movie in the movie. Dual meaning. They get their gear together. The plan is Travis is going to go into the cave because Bert has been suffering from heat exhaustion. So he's got the equipment. He's going in. They also have a grenade with him, a phosphorus grenade. The plan is Travis goes in and uses the grenade to blow up the eggs. Bert's going to stay outside. He's going to get cell phone signal and try and call in Den, the helicopter pilot. Cool. Great. We have a plan. Travis is going to go to the, ga- the, the cave. He's going to use flares to uh, to light the way. Eventually, he is going to find the nest and a blaster inside. He tries to use the grenade and fails miserably. He blows up the blaster but does not get any of the eggs. It's, uh, it's surprising, too, how well the fl- uh, the flare worked to keep the, the blaster yep. at bay. It was so bright. Yeah, it like, the, blinded that, him a little bit. That heat signature was so strong. You know, I guess technically he follows Rule 22, take the shot. But take a better shot than that. Yeah. Wasn't even close. You can't destroy a single egg with a grenade. That's pretty pathetic. But he's going to get back out of the cave. And they're going to have to come up with a new plan. So Den and his co-pilot arrive. A guy named Charlie. He's just, he's there. He's a co-pilot. And immediately after they land, a graboid appears. Or one of the, the, the tentacles appears and just kills Charlie instantly. Did he know what kind of movie? I don't know if he knew what, if he was in a movie or not. It's hard to say. You know, but he lives in the bush. Yeah. So you be careful. You always got to be, uh, you know. Yeah, always got to be ready. Rule two of constant vigilance. Den is going to get a gun out and start shooting at this thing, but it is eventually going to swallow him as well. <laughs> and that, that gun was really unique, too. That yeah. was some sort of pump action. I don't know quite Shotgun what that was. thing. But with a huge chamber. Yeah, it was big. I, I don't really know what this was. I don't know my guns yeah. very well. Short barrel. But it does swallow Den whole. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go back to this. So Bert and Travis are back on their own. Their plan is to get to the helicopter. This helicopter is like a gunship. It's got a bunch of rockets on it. Why? <laughs> I don't know, but Where? I love it. Because he's he's South African Bert Gummer. He's Bert. That's true. It's like, why not have a helicopter with missiles? Well, Bert calls him and he's like, hey, I need help. And he's like, uh, do I need to come like heavily armed? And he's like, is there any other way to show up? And he's like, you got it. Yeah, why would you even ask? I'll get the rockets of, ready. Of course. Like I said, Den is my favorite of the new character. She's great. I wish yeah, he, he could. Yeah, he needed more. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a ton to do, but he's a lot of fun when he's here. Yeah, having those two sit around the fire, tell stories or something. Travis and Bert, this is probably the smartest thing that happens in the movie. I don't think it was shot very well. There's uh, some cows nearby, which why weren't having those been eaten yet? Right. But whatever. They're going to use, and this is kind of a callback to Tremors 1, they're going to use the cows to mask the movement so they can like cut through the, the herd of cows and get to the helicopter. There's a bunch of distractions. Um, so it's kind of like, stampede stampede it doesn't really work like that because they do have the actors running through the cows now that you can actually have them stampede that's dangerous yeah the cows aren't really running at all they're not worried but the plan does work the point is they're a distraction and and they get to the helicopter and they fire the rockets into the cave and blow up the cave all the eggs are destroyed destroyed. 
Oh, cool. Movie's over, right? Nope. All of a sudden, Den shows up, and just covered in guts and blood. And he's like, yeah, I gave her, I tickled her from the inside a little bit. He just <laughs> fired his gun from the inside, and he got <laughs> spat back out. Blew his way out. And Bert's like, been there before, my man. <laughs> that, was good. That, is, that is my favorite moment in the movie, when Den returns. It's yep. like, yeah, this is awesome. Rule 17, never give up the next thing you try might work. Granted, he shouldn't have been flying out into this dangerous situation. I get that it's his job, but he should be dead. But he's not. Awesome. That might be the best movie in the movie. It's just him shooting his way out of the gravel. You'd love to see it. Is Den in the next one? No, he's not, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. That's a missed opportunity, too. Well, it doesn't take place in South Africa. I think it takes place in Canada. Oh, okay. Okay, so Den takes them back to his base and then gives him a truck. He, Den is out of the movie now. Smart. <laughs> you, can, you can leave the movie. You're, you're good. So Travis and Bert are going to head back towards HQ. And on the way, Travis finally reveals that he is Bert's son. And Bert's not thrilled. He's like, I want a paternity test. <laughs> And meanwhile, back at uh, the refuge, Nandi and Baruti, they're going to decide, like, hey, let's head to the village. Safety numbers is more people. Let's just get out of here. Cool. You could have done that, like, in the first act of the movie. Yep. Way too late. They have to escape the base, and there's Graboid attack coming. So they light a car on fire and use that as, like, a bait. Send it out. It blows up, and they can escape the, the refuge. That's cool. But on the way, it is revealed uh, Amale has an egg, a yeah. graboid egg. She's, she just found it one day, I guess. And it's a magnet that she just keeps drawing in the creatures to her. That's why they keep attacking the refuge, because there's been really no reason for them to do that. It's out of their way. And But she's got an egg. It's this stupid kitten that caused everything. Yep. <sighs> Kids. Then we're going to get into my least favorite part of the movie. This, this makes me mad. They're going to stop. There's a down power line, so they have to stop. They pull over. Fine. Okay, they're, they're right outside like a, a general store kind of thing. For whatever reason, Nandi and Baruti are going to get out of the car and go into the store. They're going to leave the kid behind with the egg in the car. Why? That's exactly why. I don't understand at all. Like, I, I cannot figure this out. Rule 19, don't split up, gang. Let's split up and look for clues. Don't leave your kid behind with the egg. Negligent parenting again. She's not much of a doctor. Not much of a doctor, not much of a mother either. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I meant what I said. They're going to go into the store and they're going to find the store owner getting eaten, Walter Chang style. Yep. Sucked into the floor. Uh, I got nothing for this guy. He gets killed. But they're going to go back to the car and the kid's going to be gone. What? Why? Yeah, what, were you expe- what, what, what were you thinking? What were you expecting? Why did this kid wander off? Like, what is going on? This is madness. Kids, any kids listen to this podcast, don't be dumbasses and wander away during a creature attack. All right? <laughs> yeah. If your parents are acting like they're scared out of their mind, you might want to just, you know, stick around. Stay close. Yeah. Don't don't go off on adventures. Yeah. Yeah. This scene makes no sense. Yeah. I, I don't get it. In general terms, if you see an egg, unless it's in your refrigerator and it's, you know, like two inches big, uh, leave it alone. Yep. All these people just get so lucky. So Travis and Birch, they get to HQ, find it deserted. They're like, all right, we'll go to the village. That's probably where they are. All right, finally, final showdown where everyone uh, converges on the village. All the villagers are already up on their roofs, which is kind of funny. But there is a uh, – we were here earlier very briefly. There was like a, a, a ritual dance ceremony happening in this like little circle arena in the center of town. Amale is in this arena with the egg. And there's like three of the crawler tentacles around her. They won't attack because she has the egg. It's literally Jurassic Park 3. They're scared the egg will break. It's the last one. They just want to make it, get it back safe. So they haven't attacked her. They're not attacking anyone else because egg is priority one. Okay, kind of kind of a cool way to take it. It's a little different. 
So they got to come up with a plan. So what they end up doing is Travis, BMX biker, he gets on a dirt bike and he's going to drive into the arena, take the egg and then toss it to Nandi, who's up on like high ground, uh, just so they'll leave the, the kid alone. And that works. And then Bert seizes the opportunity to shoot all the tentacle creatures. Cool. We're good so far. That was, that was a good plan. And Travis is really good on the motorcycle. Yeah. They, they established that early on that he yeah. can do all kinds of stunts. And During tricks. the main titles, he's literally just doing BMX stunts in the desert. Yeah, just flips and yeah, he's really good on a motorcycle. Don't think that was Jamie Kennedy. Probably not. You know, it's really funny because uh, in the in this sequence, he's not wearing like a full BMX helmet. It's just like a regular bike helmet. If you pause it, you can clearly see it's not Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> it's clearly a stunt double who didn't have any sideburns like him with like drawn on bad looking <laughs> sideburns. It's very funny. But we still have the big graboid left, one worm. And so Nandi remembers the electrical thing, like how they got bait. And they're like, all right, we'll, we'll have Travis be bait, draw him away. We have 13 minutes until that sun shower storm comes back. We'll put a whole bunch of like metal crap in the ground and draw the electricity, drive the worm to the surface, and it'll get struck by lightning. Yep. It's a little bit of a stretch, I feel like. Back to the future. Yeah, I don't know about any of the science behind this. <laughs> Uh, any scientists listen to the podcast, let me know if this is accurate. Watch Tremors 5 and let me know how accurate this movie is. Would this work? Because I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. In the universe of Tremors, this works. You know, Maybe this is a multiverse situation where physics is different in that multiverse. That's fine. Within a movie, it's fine. But I don't know if this would work in real life. But yes, the Travis is going to draw the worm away. And they're going to put all the metal crap in the ground to draw it back. And they put the egg in the center of the arena to, as bait. And so finally... Travis comes back in, the worm follows, lightning strikes, comes to the surface, everyone shoots it, lightning strikes again, destroys the egg, destroys the worm, we did it. Yay! Chaos. The explosion is awesome. Worm guts over everyone. Chunks flying everywhere. Uh, As is tradition. You you can't have a Tremors movie without people getting just doused in worm guts. Covered in guts. So that's fun. So the movie pretty much is over now. Uh, Bert in, is going to invite Travis to come work on his show. And then we're going to have like a mid credit sequence where uh, Travis is now a star on the show with Bert, the reality show. It's Bert and Travis, Monster Hunters, the show, <laughs> which would be pretty fun if it wasn't Travis. Right. I, you know, if it was just Bert and maybe Kevin Bacon. Or Earl. Fred Some, someone very likable. Someone else I would watch. So even Jack from uh, Tremors 3, I would I would watch this show. I feel like every one of these kind of like reality shows has that one annoying reality star. And that is Travis B. Welker to a T. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the end of the movie. Uh, Travis joins the show. Oh, I guess I didn't mention they, they, they cook up the worm. They're, 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 they're roasting the, yeah. the graboid over yeah. a spit. They kind of, it kind of looked like the the tribe or the, the group of people had had a relationship over the years with yep. this, and they 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 danced and honored it or whatever. There was a cave paintings of the the, paintings. the worms. So they had their own names for these creatures. They had coexisted with these creatures yep. for a long time, which is literally the plot of Tremors the TV show: getting the worms and the residents of Perfection to coexist to work together. Which I'm very excited to get to one of these days. <laughs> It's a great show. Uh, but that is the end of Tremors 5. Uh, Tremors 5 Bloodlines. It's it's fun. Yeah. Like I said, uh, the key thing, it was well made. The story it was lacking some key components. That, that heart, as you mentioned, the the side storylines could have been developed much better. Yep. Um, the, the actors were good. You could clearly tell that they had experience. 
It's just the, the there wasn't a ton of logic to this movie, I feel like. And yep. that's really important to me in, in movies, especially in the Tremors movies, because that's part of the Tremors tradition is just logic. Yep. Lo- that's the, And that is really the whole reason behind this podcast is I was always interested in why do certain characters survive and certain ones die? What what happens? And just the logic of figuring that out. That's what's really interesting to me. And there isn't enough of that here for me. There's some fun moments, but it's just there isn't enough logic in this script, which is a bummer. Uh, I think Tremor Six is a little bit more logic, so we'll see. Oh, we got a cat. Cat running through. So I don't I don't have any new rules. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, you ready to get into some awards? I'm ready. All right. First, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge. It's not going to go to Jamie Kennedy. I'm Ooh, sorry no. to say. Uh, wouldn't that have been funny if he won it but not as Randy Meeks? Yep. <laughs> And he's never wanted as Randy Meeks. Nope, never. Randy and Bird have not never won this award. Yeah. So Randy Meeks, Randy Meeks, Mary Badge goes to do the best job at following the rules. Of course, based on Randy from Scream. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. I'm really leaning towards all the uh, refugee employees who just like got out at the towards the beginning of the movie. Yeah, the, all the main characters made a lot of terrible decisions yeah. and could have prevented a lot of their heartache and problems easily by just getting out. But. The entire main cast, we have poachers. Nope. We have the refugee employees who didn't leave. Nope. Bert and Travis, you didn't really need to be here and you didn't wait for your guns. Right. No. None of you, none of you deserve to win this time. Sorry to say. So I, I think it's got to be the refugee background workers. Certainly not the child. Nope. <laughs> All right. Then, then we have Night of the Living Pleb, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules wow. based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. And boy, oh boy. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Lots of lots, lots of to pick from here. Not Bert. It's not going to Bert. I'll tell you that much. Everybody else is pretty much on the table. Probably not Den. At least Den shot his way out of the graboid. Yeah, he came through and needed to. Travis is certainly a good candidate. Yeah, the only thing with Travis, I don't think he did anything totally egregious out yeah. there. He yeah. just shouldn't have been there. Yeah, and he delivered when it was time to deliver. Yeah, the the motorcycle stunt. You know that really that really saved everybody. Uh, the one thing going for Nandi, because I think it would be clearly her, but it was her plan that worked to destroy yeah. the graboid in the end. Yeah, and she was very successful with the bow and arrow. Yep. Like, if you're gonna be stupid, at least be competent. Yep. <laughs> Have some skills, bring a skill set to the table. That well, I will say leaving your kid behind is just unbelievable. Yeah, bad parenting. Bad parent award. Yeah, bad to. parent award. Give out one of those. Baruti, he also shouldn't have stayed behind. He only stayed behind because he's in love with Nandi. Yep. He's pretty bad. He didn't get, uh, he did get the, he saved the kid at one point, but meh. Johan, pretty useless. Uh, he talked a big game, but he didn't really get to do much. But in the end, all that, you know, the corpse fell on his head. Yep. That's pretty bad. Eric is also terrible. You know, oh, it might be Eric. Yeah, he stole the egg. He, he stole lied, the egg. Lied repeatedly. He went in the field made, to make this happen when he didn't really have to. Yeah. He had Johan just do it. Well, they don't made a lot of false promises. Yep. You know, he got Bert and Travis out there, but they didn't really help him. Yeah, and then just the greed over that egg. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, that's and something then, we didn't talk about is. Um, Rule 44 is don't get greedy. That's what this is. Yeah. And even when he made his run, you know. The, the he was in a vehicle. He crashed it somehow. Yeah. Don't so, really know how. Yeah. So then at that point, just abandon the egg and get get, get yep. to safety. So, yeah, I agree. You know, he got on the rocks when Bert told him to, but then he fell off the rocks. It was super slow getting back on. Uh, that's another rule violation, which we missed. Uh, rule 28 is run, bitch, run. Run, bitch, run. Climb, yeah. bitch, climb. Yep. Didn't do that. What else did Eric do wrong? Because I think it's going to Eric. I just want to 
uh, crap on him some more. That might be it. Yeah, just a lot of lies, a lot of deception. And he pretty much instigated all of this. Like, oh. His people were out poaching, discovered the Graboids. If, he, if his people were not poaching, this movie might, wouldn't have happened this way. Yeah, and clearly the, the people in South Africa, the tribe group, yeah, they they had been living there for centuries. Yep, so they were fine. They were fine. They they were they clearly leaving the eggs alone. Yep. If they they went somewhere, they found the nest. They got too close to the nest and caused problems. If they had just stayed away, everything would have been fine. People wouldn't have died. Yep. So since he's the big boss, you know, I think we got to give it to Eric von Wick. I agree. Eric is not a living pleb, and he is not a living pleb. He had a good death, I will say. Also, that was probably that's probably my favorite one of the movie. It's just uh, the graboid dropping down on him. Landing. Excellent. All right, that's Tremors 5. We did it. Yay. So next up is Tremors 6, A Cold Day in Hell, it's called. Wow. Filmed in South Africa. Yep. Okay, so I got to tell you the story of Tremors 6 real quick. It takes place in the Nunavut Territory in Canada, it appears. Oh, that's way up north. Yeah, way up north. And it opens in the ice and snow. But if you look closely at it, it's clearly sand with a blue tint. It's the worst thing I think I've ever seen. So they CGI'd it? They just, no, they just put a filter over it. Oh my gosh. It's obviously sand, but it looks blue. (laughs) (laughs) So what would happen with this movie is they were going to shoot in the mountains of Bulgaria, which would have been really cool. The year they were going to do it, Bulgaria had one of the largest blizzards it's ever had. So they, they couldn't film there. So they had to make a quick, financially sound decision. Like, let's just go back to South Africa and we'll just make it work. <laughs> I, I think it, it it doesn't help the movie, but I think it's funny knowing that. Like, I almost like almost forgive it just because it's just like you can't account for what the nature, mother nature sometimes. So I, I almost think it enhances the movie a little bit knowing that stupid story. <laughs> I cannot well, wait for you to watch it. Well, it's not like South Africa and Bulgaria are close. No. So... What's wrong with Canada at that point in time? Tax breaks. But yeah, you think that, you know, Vancouver has a huge film industry. Yeah. What's wrong with maybe film in Vancouver? Man, I don't know. I it's such an odd decision. Now, yeah. it doesn't look like South Africa when they're there. They they went to more of a mountainous uh, forest region. Huh. But yeah, it, just the opening is in the Arctic. Arctic's proper. But it's clearly sand. Right. It's clearly the middle of the desert. I uh, can't wait. <laughs> that opening almost killed me, I think. when I, The first time I saw it, I was like, no. They did. You gotta be kidding! They me. didn't. They didn't. Luckily, it's, it's just the opening scene that they did that. But do they use the same quality? Good. good I think so. It's the same company. Same. same. So I think. I All think. Right. Yeah. Six and seven both look really good. So. All right. I've only seen six once. I think it's my least favorite, but that could change. It's still okay, but you know, I might change my mind this time around. All right. You know, first time I've rewatched it. So we'll do, we'll get to that eventually. I'm not going to do a wheel spin this time, just because it's the holiday season. I, I, my, some of my holiday plans have been all messed up due to weather and other circumstances. So I'm not going to spend anything. I'm just going to do whatever I can do next time. Are you saying a blizzard got in the way of your podcast? Blizzard got in the way of the podcast almost. Um, but here's the eight. It could be. Carrie. It 2017. A Quiet Place 2. Tremor 6. A Cold Day in Hell. Cult of Chucky. Psycho 2. Scream Season 2. Episode 3. Vacancy. And Ghostbusters 2016. So it'll be one of those. All right. Or maybe even Cabin Fever 3 if I see Josh. We might throw that <laughs> in again. I don't know. But yeah, bear with me during the holiday seasons here. Dad, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. It was fun as always. Anything you want to plug or add? Oh, same as always. Just be kind to everybody. You don't have to agree, especially this time of year, the holiday season. Just put your differences aside. You don't have to uh, get in arguments with anyone. You can just get along. All right. You can follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror, um, and you can check us out on Letterboxd. I'll be adding this movie to the ranking of every movie we've ever covered on the podcast and the ranking of every movie my dad has ever guessed uh, for on the podcast. 
Awesome. All five Tremors movies we've covered and Scream 4. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there and happy holidays. Uh, uh. <laughs>